Welcome to the Marie Manucherry podcast. Over the last 30 years, it has been my joy to assist humanity in aligning with their magnificence so they may heal, discover their natural gifts, and communicate with loved ones living on the other side. May you also experience delight while we dance in the powerful, intuitive world of energy. Let's get going. Welcome to another fun podcast. I'm so happy you're here and I'm happy to be here too. It brings me great joy to make these lovely podcasts. Today, before I start going to the phone lines, and you can go to my website, energyintuitive.com and click on the podcast page and leave a voicemail question that I will answer during the podcast. Today, I wanna to talk about how you can get your questions answered when there isn't a medium or an energy intuitive, a medical intuitive there to answer questions for you. Everyone is naturally intuitive. This is not up for debate. It's the truth. Everyone is naturally intuitive. So the way you ask a question actually matters. Even in my sessions, if a client is asking me a particular question and I'm not getting an immediate hit or response to it, I re write their question in my brain. Most human beings ask questions like, when is this going to happen? Why is this happening? Where is this? You know, from this kind of place of desperation or concern or fear or worry. And then a time element is usually a part of the question, like when, how, where, what, why. The universe doesn't operate on time. In fact, time is a man-made phenomenon. It doesn't really exist. So when you are using language, when you're asking the universe, your higher self, your own intuition, however you want to describe it, because really what we're all doing is learning to connect to our higher source consciousness and connect to the wisdom in the universe to get answers that are mm, desired and fulfilling, which most of the answers to life that are desired and fulfilling don't come from the logical mind. They come from your intuition, from your awareness, from your connection to your higher source, to God, creation, source. That's where they come from. So how you ask a question matters. Being away from the brain is critical, like resting in the lower half of your body, wiggling your toes, feeling your glute muscles, staying away from kind of like the waist on up is critical, very critical. And then how you ask the question matters. I like to use the phrase, please express to me whatever's in the highest good about, you know, and then you fill in the blank about what it is that you're asking about. So if, if a client is asking me, where's my soulmate, you know, in a reading, and I'm not getting any information, and I, I may not from her pleading, which is going to lower the vibration significantly, shift the landscape of where we were in that energetic connection that we were having. And so I will rewire the question in my brain, and I'll ask the question, please express to me whatever is in this person's highest good about partnership. The phrase highest good is critical when you're asking an intuitive question because that's the only way the universe knows how to answer any question is from your highest good. And that's what you're going to need. So for people to, you know, propel in their life, to create the wealth that they want, to have fulfilling careers, to have really loving, deep bonds and other important relationships, they may have to change something critical within themselves. It's not necessarily, you know, what's happening in, in the external world. It could very well be something they have to change within themselves. So that's why I ask, please express to me what's in the highest good about this person. And then I'm going to get a ton of information, quite a bit of knowledge 
that can help that person get into the vibration they need to be in to manifest and create what they want. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but let's go ahead and get to um, our questions. Okay, here we go. First one. My name is Michelle and I'm from Oregon. My husband passed a year and a half ago and I can hear him speak to me in my head. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm not crazy um, and that I really am hearing him speak to me and I talk back. So I just want to make sure that communication is real. Thank you. Hi, Michelle. What a great question. Yes, it is him. He's worried about you. He wants to make sure you're okay. I think you guys were pretty tight, although your relationship had some, you know, a little bit too much depth to me. I mean, I'm sure you probably loved it, but like a little too serious sometimes, <laughs> not as playful as I would have liked. Um, but yeah, that's him talking to you. The way you know that the universe is communicating to you, which could also mean a departed loved one, is because there's kindness and love that's connected. The universe only knows how to communicate with love and compassion and understanding. And when departed people cross over, that's how they communicate. They don't care about a lot of the things that we cared about when we were human form. It's just not important to them or necessary. So I think, I believe the answer is yes. And I'm so glad you can hear him. I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. And I'm grateful that you're having a conversation because relationships are not supposed to end just because we're living in different dimensions. They're supposed to continue. In fact, they can become deeper and more fulfilling and more interesting as we continue to let these bonds forge. So congratulations to you. I'm very happy for you. Okay, next question. Hi, Marie, my name is Lori. I was really excited to uh, find you on Next Level Soul podcast, uh, such a great podcast. And um, I found your website and started listening to your podcast, which have been really interesting. I have a million questions, um, but I really uh, tried to nail it down to one or two. Um, and I guess my real question is, I have had um, ear ringing since I was a child. And I have worked with a few different healers. I've done, worked with an osteopath. Um, I had testing when I was a child trying to figure out what it came from. Um, no real answer to it. Um, and I've had multiple responses from healers and, and different therapies. And, um, you know, I'm not really sure what it stems from or what I can do to help it. So I was just wondering if you see anything uh, with the ear ringing, if there's anything you can help me with that. Um, and then I guess my other question would be if you see anything with my chakras. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited to listen to your podcasts. Hi, Laurie. So yeah, ringing from childhood is not ordinary. Most people start to have ringing in their ears or sounds that they don't like as their hormones start to change. It's kind of a hormonal effect that probably happens in 30s, 40s, and 50s and beyond. And a lot of people don't like it. Um, people like yourself who have ringing or sounds from a young age, it's because you're highly, highly intuitive. Your primary gift is clear audience, meaning you can hear the multisensory world, but you're stubborn and you don't easily listen to the multisensory world. So here's what I would recommend that you do, because there's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong. When something is weird in our life, our job is to embrace it, not to ask it to go away, especially when you've done everything to make it go away. You have to stop and embrace it. That's the one thing that humans do the least. 
is they don't embrace things that are weird for them or off or unordinary. And it's critical that you learn to embrace things. It's incredibly important. In fact, loving something that we wish would go away is what can help transform it. But if you could start to embrace these sounds and cherish them and think they're cool and interesting, then I'd love for you to call me back after a few months of doing that, because I think you're going to have changes. I think you're going to start to recognize that you're a clear audience and that you can hear the multisensory world. So that's what I recommend. And nothing's wrong. So just embrace it. Nobody's body is exactly the same. In fact, that's why medicine is not doing the best that it absolutely could. Although I love every form of healing and I don't care how people heal. It doesn't matter to me how it happens. But modern medicine has this weird belief that one size fits all. And that's not true. We have emotions in our cells that affect our physiology. So embrace these sounds. They're there for really good, cool reasons. And we won't find out until you start to embrace them. Okay. Next caller. Hi, I'm calling because I was, um, I've gone through a lot of trauma the last several years and I'm coming to a crossroads of making a decision of what I should do next. I have a few ideas. This is on work of, um, starting, start, starting this big project or going another direction and working, um, for someone else. And I'm just trying to see which direction I should go with that. And then secondly, um, how do I release the trauma that I've yes. gone through and become where I was before? Yeah. That's my question. Um, thank you. Yeah. I'm so sorry for the trauma. I truly, 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 truly am. You have a history in your family of victim consciousness. It's not uh, uncommon. It's very deeply rooted in my family. Kind of pushes my buttons with my clients. Not, not your question, but I'm like, when I have clients that are victim consciousness and they won't really make some shifts. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's not super comfortable just because it's such a strong pattern in my family. So victim consciousness means you're at more risk for trauma. When you have victim consciousness, you're at more risk for things not going in the right direction. I would love it if you don't make any decisions about work until we get you to stop vibrating in the vibration of victim consciousness. And it's so strong in your family. You were taught this unconsciously as a child. Children watch the energy of those that they spend the most time with, and then they replicate that vibration and frequency in their own body because we don't remember what earth is like. Most people don't remember their past lives or their you know, former reincarnations. So we're kind of always starting anew when we pass through the veil and come into the human world. We start anew where we all of a sudden, you know, move into this place where we don't recognize the world that we're in. And we, of course, mimic the energy that is shown to us. So that's also not a mistake because anything that has happened in our life, particularly in childhood, is something that we wanted to happen so that we would work on what we wanted to work on since we don't remember why we came to earth. And we come for multiple reasons. So to not vibrate, vibrate in victim consciousness means you have to see the beauty in all things. I remember for years and years and years because I was in a long-term marriage and I would call it difficult to say the least. And I knew I needed to see the beauty in it. I, and I tried for years, just for years. I was, and, and of course it wasn't just about the marriage. My childhood was uh, challenging as well. And it took me a while to see the beauty in that as well, which I now can see and I can see it in my marriage. And one day I was talking to the universe and I said, using the words that I described earlier in the podcast today, 
please express to me the beauty in this situation and my, my marriage. And I didn't use the word marriage because it would trigger me for sure. I just said that situation. The universe already knows what you want answers about. We don't have to be so direct in our wording, especially if it's going to push our buttons. And the universe showed me the most beautiful, cool picture that I often think about, which gives me a completely different frequency about that time in my life so that I'm not in victimization about that time in my life. Because as soon as we stay in victimization, we just kind of stay in trauma. We keep creating different storylines, but they have similar patterns and it's annoying. It's very frustrating. The universe showed me this picture of all five of us. We have three daughters in a minivan, the MPV minivan that we had, and we're all laughing our heads off. I mean, deeply laughing, sincerely, you know, authentically laughing. And, and then the caption read below, you know, that there were eight years of this authentic laughing, which is true. We laughed a lot um, as a family. It was really cool. It was really fun. It was very healthy. And so that's the picture I choose to focus on when my kids are complaining about their dad, when I have like some memory, you know, some kind of based on trauma which used to be around cooking because he was never happy with my cooking, even though he taught me how to cook. He was an amazing cook. I should have just made him make all the food. Um, it, you know, it'll just like zap in my brain and uh, I'm in some sort of trauma thing because I put too much salt in the stew or I didn't cut the onions right. Or, you know, there's going to be a dish flying across the room because of something that I did wrong. I now have trained myself to not go down the rabbit hole of victimization, but to be in that space where I catch myself, nurture myself first, tell myself how much I love myself, that I'm worthy and deserving, that I'm an amazing person. Self-nurturing is huge when it comes to healing anything. And then I go back to the picture of all of us in the minivan and it changes my energy. It gets me out of victim consciousness and puts me in the vibration that I want to be in so that I can have healthy relationships in every area of my life. So this is what you're going to need to do in regards to your own trauma. And I'm very, very, very sorry for it. And maybe try not to make any decisions about work. Um, I don't see that they're either one of them are terrible choices, but you're going to be in a completely different vibration as you let go of victim consciousness and have something really cool happen for you. That may not even be about those two choices. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Hi Marie, thanks for all that you do. Uh, my name is Mary and I'm located in Melbourne, Australia. Um, I would love some help in healing intergenerational trauma and childhood development trauma and misunderstanding of differences between male and female psychology that caused my traumatic family breakup. My son's dad and my ex-husband is now in spirit since April 2023. He was cancer-free, but he crossed over after um, incorrect pharmaceutical treatment caused his cancer to return. Um, thank you so much and uh, much love. Thank you so much for calling in and I'm so sorry about your son on the other side and your former spouse. There really is no incorrect pharmaceutical death. I know that sounds weird, but I believe that every form of death is a form of suicide. In other words, I think every soul leaves at the perfect moment for them. Souls are powerful beyond anything we could possibly imagine. They don't make mistakes. It's never a mistake to incarnate to the world. The family that we choose is our family of origin. It's not an error or a mistake. 
um, we actually ask for a certain type of family configuration. We don't necessarily pick, our soul doesn't pick the, the family that we ultimately have, but we put enough fillers out there and descriptors of what we believe we need in order to evolve and move forward that the family unit is chosen based on those desires. So your husband did not die or your ex-husband of a pharmaceutical you know, error. I'm, I'm sure there was a pharmaceutical error. I mean, chemotherapy in itself can create a lot of havoc in the body and make it difficult for any, for people to have, um, you know, health, especially if they've had a lot of uh, chemotherapy to cure their disease. So in other words, whenever anyone leaves the planet, whether they get hit by a car, they take their own life, they um, die of a disease, or in this case, medication issues, is because they wanted to go. Their soul said, oh, it's time to go. And that's probably why your husband, your former husband got cancer. Anyway, I keep calling him your husband because you still think of him as your husband, interesting enough, or at least that's how I feel. And he didn't die because of the cancer, but he did die because of the cancer. I mean, he, he died the way he wanted to. Souls also choose not only when they want to die and how they want to die. Souls are highly curious creatures. And when a soul is taking parts of its energy to come into the human reality, it knows the only way it can move over to the other side, at least the predominant population of people are going to have to die their body through some sort of harm or a natural causes of old age, that that's the only way our energy is free from the body so it can move up to the heavens and join the bigger part of our soul, our higher self and the you know, supreme consciousness that we all are. But I, I can hear your son, and I, I know I'm not really answering your first question, but in a way, the caller before you kind of answered your first question in, about trauma and healing it and not staying in victim consciousness. So victim consciousness, for everybody who's listening, is where we allow something that happened to us, usually at the hands of other people, right? That's why it feels so victimizing, that we keep blaming that situation. We wish it had never happened. We need to start looking at things differently and, and learn the beauty of every situation that's ever occurred in our life so that we can, that's how you let go of traumatic events is that you actually find beauty in it. I recently had someone write me a question. I don't remember where it was, maybe related to a class I'm currently teaching on the Shift Network. And the person had had a, a very serious traumatic experience and she did a meditation that we were doing in the class. In the meditation, she heard that she needed to forgive herself. And this, she said, sounded bizarre, bizarro, really, because she was probably very young when this traumatic event happened. And, you know, young children are at the mercy of the people who are raising them or connected to them or taking care of them. But she heard that she needed to forgive herself. And old souls in particular blame themselves for everything. So even if you think that there's no way that you feel responsible. I promise you, you do. And forgiving ourselves helps us to evolve. Like, I'm sorry you went through that, honey. You don't deserve that. I love you so much. I'm going to do better to caretake your wisdom, your awareness, your consciousness. It's never really anyone's fault. I, I want to really emphasize that. It really isn't anyone's fault. Things are just happening so that we can gain higher levels of awareness and consciousness. And that's why Earth exists in the first place, because it's a very contractual reality, it has a lot of bright light and has a lot of black velvet. And it's through these experiences that we believe we will grow. And that's why we choose to come to earth. Okay. 
On to the next question. My name is Catherine. I live in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, a little over a year ago, I had an Akashic reading. And in the reading, a very large man, I believe to be a family uh, member, apparently came through with a large dark book. And he kind of apparently put the book down very forcefully and was pointing at the book and myself. And was, I was being told that this book had to do with our family ancestry and that I had promised to help heal the family of its past lives, um, hurts and trauma. And um, I don't know exactly how to do that. Uh, the person who did the reading had mentioned that I told me that I needed to go within to find that. And I'm not sure I've done some meditation the whole bit, but I'm still don't know if I'm doing it correctly or how to connect to that. If you could guide me on this, I would greatly appreciate it because at like an Akashic reading is, you know, I had asked, what is my soul's purpose? And um, this came through. So I would like to be able to um, do the best I can with this. So your guidance on this would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Okay, Catherine, that's a really good question. And I have a completely different perception about it. So I don't agree with the person who gave you that Kashik reading. But you have to decide what you agree with, right? Because we don't have like a master book that drops from the heavens and says, this is right and this is wrong. First and foremost, no one is responsible to heal their ancestry. Souls are powerful creatures. Every soul is responsible for their own healing. That's why there aren't these contracts that you can't break. Otherwise, you're going to have bad karma. That also does not exist. I mean, souls are independent contractors. Think of NFL players who become an independent and I don't really understand that because I'm not a sports person, but I've read a lot about how these, you know, big athletes who've had contracts, you know, break their NFL contract and become independent with, I don't know, I don't really understand it. But hopefully you guys understand what I'm talking about. Souls are not obligated to heal anyone in their ancestry. Now, the Akashic Records is really cool. Your description of it in terms of a large person coming forward is very accurate. There are these huge beings. They're like, I don't know, 20 feet high. They do like look like men to me, but they could be androgynous. And they wear these beautiful cobalt robes that go from the high neckline all the way to the ground. And they're, they're there for many reasons. They kind of like take care of people when they come to visit the Akashic Records because the Akashic Records is a library open to the public. Anyone can go there. You don't have to have someone take you there. You can simply do a meditation and do it yourself. And then in the Akashic Records are these cubby holes that have all the scrolls of the lifetimes that you've had on earth. So the Akashic records exists for earth and it houses all the lifetimes we've ever had. So when earth eventually, probably hundreds of thousands of years from now, doesn't exist in the third dimensional space, because eventually we're not going to need earth. Earth is here to help people have um, human experiences, but to also have an awareness just through these contractual moments on, on the planet. And, and so someday earth won't exist or won't exist in the way that it is today. And then the Akashic records won't exist either because we won't need the library of the human reality at some point. So the they're very tall, these beings, these librarians, and they reach up into these big cubby holes and pull down scrolls that are important for you. So I don't think that was an accurate reading. Um, you have no responsibility for your ancestors. I don't even see a lot of people 
reincarnating together. Um, they only do it if it brings them joy. There are so many souls that have similar issues. A lot of times souls just fly off to other dimensions after a lifetime on earth and don't want to come back and do it all again with another person. And souls can wait up to a hundred years or more before they decide to have another uh, time on earth. It's true. Time does not exist, but sometimes I have to use some sort of analogy just to explain certain concepts. So I want you to, you don't have to do anything I say. You can believe whatever you want, but I would recommend that you eradicate that from your thought process. I don't believe that was accurate uh, at all. What we're all meant to do collectively is to come to earth and have find joy authentically and to be in joy. And then we all have different purposes but you find those purposes by discovering what joy feels like to you and then following the joy. That's your yellow, yellow brick road. Like for instance, I had a phenomenal time as a nurse. I was raised so incredibly holistically. My family did not even want me to go to traditional nursing school, but that's where my psychic ability opened up. And I loved it. I think about the hospital every day. Um, one of my grandchildren was born on the floor that I worked on, they had kind of rearranged the hospital a little bit. And as I walked through areas looking for a bathroom, waiting for her to be born one evening, I was walking through areas that were not even being utilized, but it was the floor that I worked on on the oncology floor. I just cried tears of joy. It, I just loved it so much. So joy is not a mental experience. You're, it's not going to make sense to your mind. It's not logical. It's a feeling, a vibration that's inside of you. So if you spend time becoming aware of what makes you individually happy and you start to follow the breadcrumbs of that happiness, you will discover things that are very fulfilling for you on earth. And that will feel like a purpose. Okay, next caller. My name is Sandy and I'm from um, Southern Oregon. I have noticed that I have tremors in my left hand and it's, it happens to me all the time now. I don't know where they're coming from, but it's very irritating and I, I would like to know what causes them. Thank you very much. Okay, Sandy. So I've scanned your energy very quickly. This is seventh chakra related, not a big surprise because it does govern the central nervous system. But the left-hand side of the body is about receptivity. So you're probably not a great receiver. You're probably a really good giver. I would highly recommend you stop giving and you learn how to receive. I probably have a whole bunch of YouTube channels or um, videos on my YouTube channel about that. Uh, so you can just go to YouTube, use my name and find out, find some videos about receptivity. I think that would be helpful. Now, what bothers the central nervous system is denial. Um, and not allowing oneself to receive divine connection from the human world. So we're talking about the sixth chakra and the seventh chakra. So I would, you know, look at things in your life that maybe you were in denial about. An example would be um, someone who worked in a job for 40 years and they hated it. I don't think that's what yours is. I think yours is more about relationships. And, and if you recognize like, oh yeah, that really did bother me or I didn't really like that and I did it for such a long time. If you could start to speak truthfully about those experiences, that could be really helpful for you. And then I have an idea because what's happening is that your, your nerves are getting weak and the impulses are getting weak and we need to kind of strengthen it up. One of the things that happens to men and women, but mostly women, but to men too, is as our muscles tend to atrophy as we age, which should not be happening, people need to work out more as they get older, more, 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 especially strength training, that's critical. Um, and what I'm about to suggest, please ask your doctor, or your health practitioner, um, because I just wanna make sure it's okay for you. 
but there's a, a simple way where people can start to get their muscles getting stronger so that your nerves can actually have a better flow of information on that side of your body, along with the things that I already recommended, like learning how to receive and getting clear about what you may have been denying in your life. I think that thing is over with, like it's not happening anymore, but the way you've talked about it or the way you've integrated into your being is not in alignment with truth. So uh, there's these machines, they're vibration plates. There's different brands. Um, there's some that are super expensive. You don't need to buy the most expensive ones. So I tend to recommend Life Pro. You can go to Amazon and start looking at them. I have both plates. I like them both. I mean, I have the more expensive one and the Life Pro one. So they, they vibrate. They're things that you stand on or you could even sit and put your legs on. They're great for strengthening the pelvic floor because the pelvic floor needs a lot of muscles to support it, not just the things that we do with kegels, but our glute muscles, our abdominal muscles, our thigh muscles, everything supports the pelvic floor. I know that's not your question, but I'm just um, giving that information out. So it would be nice for you with help um, and an approval of practitioners since you know, I'm not a doctor, my nursing license doesn't, uh, I'm not licensed anymore. Um, but to have someone say that, yeah, you, you could stand on this machine or do whatever is necessary because we can start to get your muscles to contract. That's what the vibration plate does. It makes the muscles work. And when your muscles are working, your ligaments and tendons work better and your nerves start to heal. So I would recommend like 10 minutes a day or three times a week or whatever Maybe go see a, a physical therapist and say, I'm interested in strengthening my muscles through a vibrational plate. What do you recommend for me? What would be safe for me? I think that would probably be the best way to go so we can get these tremors to subside and hopefully completely dissipate. And let me know what happens. You know, whatever you decide to do, if you start to notice changes, uh, let us know because we would love to, to know all about that. Okay, thank you. On to the next caller. Hi there, my name is Debbie and I am leaving you a message from Newton, Kansas. And my question is about my house. I don't know if you can uh, pick up on my energy fields, but I've been suffering uh, with complications from COVID. Basically, I have long COVID for the last three years and it's completely debilitating. I've had to create a brand new life. I also practice mediumship um, and on a separate note, and um, it's actually gotten in the way of me being able to conduct my my meetings um, and my readings simply because my memory is just gone due to long COVID. I'm wondering if you have any sort of energy help that you could recommend, and I do appreciate it, and I enjoy listening to your podcast. I'm so glad I found you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Debbie, for the work you do in the world. And I'm sorry for the symptoms you've had from long COVID. I think the COVID just exasperated whatever what was already happening. When I scanned your body, the first thing I saw is that your mitochondria are exhausted. So mitochondria live in our cells. They're part of the cell organism. And their job is to eat toxins. And I think this happened way before COVID. I don't think you are great at clearing your energy. I'll give you some tips. I don't, I'm not a fan of thinking about clearing. I'm just a fan of bringing in bright light, which naturally just puts everything back into balance, like love and light. That's just how I do it. But your mitochondria are tired. So I hope you're taking a good supplement of zinc, like 30 milligrams a day, because I think that actually helps long COVID. Um, 
I recommend people take zinc. I mean, if, if they can, if their practitioner agrees with that, with that recommendation. So I think you need red light therapy. So that would be near infrared and red light. It's a combination of certain numbers. Um, I know I'm not being very clear about this, but there are two products that I like. There was a book written about them as well. Uh, you can write into energyintuitive.com and ask for the name of the book because I don't remember the name right now. But Platinum Therapy and Red Rush are probably the two best that I know of anyway. Um, near infrared and red light devices that you can purchase and uh let them start to feed your mitochondria. We need to have your mitochondria wake up. They're asleep. They're toxic. They can't help you. So this was not caused by COVID. You Something would have eventually tipped you over. Your mitochondria were already exhausted or like on the brink of exhaustion. And then you got COVID. So it could have been a, a pneumonia, you know, down the road or a flu or something, an injury that just, you know, took you over the edge. A lot of times people will blame, and I'm not saying you are, I'm just using this as a general explanation, like a vaccine or, and not that vaccines don't cause harm. They can cause harm. Um, again, I believe in whatever works for individuals. Uh, so um, it could be a vaccine that someone is blaming because their immune system actually wasn't in a good space to begin with. And then when you do something to the body or some, we catch a cold or something happens to us, we may blame the thing, but it's actually our body wasn't in a good, healthy autoimmune function to begin with. That's pretty common throughout the world. Very few people listen to their bodies or pay attention to its needs or follow their intuition. My body told me like, I think four or five months ago, just oh, more than that, to stop eating refined sugar. And I'm not a big sugar eater, but when I sat down, I like it, but I already know my body doesn't like sugar. But when I sat down and looked at some of the food that I was eating, I'm like, wow, I am taking in a fair amount of sugar. So I have primarily stopped eating refined sugar. So that means when I go to the grocery store and I pick out some granola, it says sugar-free. It doesn't have additives to, to make it sweet. It's just more natural. And my body feels a million times better. My skin is better. Everything's starting to change because I know I'm improving my immune system. And there's lots of ways people can improve their immune system. Not drinking coffee, not drinking alcohol, re reduction of meat or not eating red meat. Um, I'm, not a, I, I'm a carnivore. I eat meat, but I also pay attention to my body and I do my best not to eat too much meat. So start listening to your beautiful body. These plates, unfortunately, are expensive now. They weren't very expensive when I purchased them. I've had mine for several years now. Um, so you might want to um, find a chiropractor. There are some chiropractors that have these red lights or healing places have these red light panels in their facility. You might want to go try and um, see how it works. I do think you are going to need daily 10 to 20 minutes a day or two 10 minute red light treatments a day. Um, so that you can start to build your mitochondria because it takes a long time to deplete the mitochondria and it takes a while to build it up. And holistic medicine, this is why, you know, doctors maybe aren't a fan of holistic medicine, but American physicians are not, are taught very little of anything about nutrition in medical school. They would, all of them would tell you that that's the truth because it truly is the truth. So Holistic medicine can take a little while because it takes a while to break down the immune system. And modern medicine does not, does not know how to build the immune system. They know how to repress it further, which sometimes does kind of jumpstart it, but not for everyone. Um, 
So that's what I would recommend. I think the plates are anywhere between five hundred and a thousand dollars. So I'm so sorry for their expense. Maybe it would be a good Christmas present for you. If that is an issue, it may not be, or maybe the whole family decides to get one and share. Um, I always see the future before I ever saw these red light and near infrared devices that are FDA approved. I always saw a closet in everyone's house that is light therapy and people will just walk in there every day and have 15 minutes of light. We need certain light. What, this, what these devices do too, which has been documented and recorded, that's why if you write into the website, we'll give you a link to the book, which is available on Amazon, is they feed the ATP of the body, which is why you're so tired is because your ATP is depleted, which is the medical model of energy for the human body. And that's why it's hard to recover. And yes, that's why it's hard to connect to the psychic world when you can't raise your vibration. Let me know how it goes. Okay. This is Mary from Charlotte, North Carolina. How can I help myself realize financial independence mm -hmm. in the later part of my life, which is now? Okay. So Mary asked me probably one of my most favorite questions in the world because I believe everyone deserves and is entitled to financial freedom. Everyone is meant to have financial freedom. This is not something regardless of one's age. So I'm just going to give you all my, my feelings and beliefs on this topic. So money is simply an energy, like everything else in the world. And how you relate to energy is how it blossoms or not blossoms in your life. So it's critical and important to change your frequency about money. So one of the first things I recommend people to do, and Mary, I recommend this for you, and I'm going to say for five years, do not use the word money. Your body doesn't have a happy vibration about money, not just because of what's happening now. It's maybe your parents complained about money or a lot of people when they're having children, they're young and they're having to buy brand new cars and they're buying their first home and they're kind of stressed out financially. And then we have these beautiful young kids all around them that have great hearing that are taking in all this information that's moving into their belief systems. We create our belief systems, typically most of them before the age of five. That's why we don't know what our belief systems are because we don't remember them. So don't use the word money for five years, Mary, and use the word wealth. That's my favorite word. I also love finances. I love resources, you know, abundance, but it, it needs to be a word that actually makes you feel calm and relaxed and have some aspect of happiness that you're choosing as a replacement. And I want you to think of something that brings you great joy. I'm trying to scan your data banks to find out what really makes you happy. I think the movement of water makes you happy, like waves or fountains, rain. Um, it's not going to be related to money. It's about whatever brings you joy. I think you also love the sound of laughter. So if either one of those things are true for you, uh, your next assignment is before you connect with wealth, before you think about it, before you interact with it. And every single time you act, interact with it, I want you to first think about water or laughter, whichever one you've decided to choose, because that's what I got when I scanned your body. So for example, let's say you're standing in line at your favorite coffee shop, you're about to get your soy chai. And before you even touch your purse or your wallet, you're gonna think about water and the movement of it. 
as you grab your wallet, you're going to think about water again. As you open it up and take out cash or a card, you're going to think about it again. As you hand it to the barista, you're going to think about it again. Before you put your password into your online banking, you are going to think about what brings you joy. Before you go to the mailbox, before you look at anything financial in a document, whether it's digital or in uh, physical print, you need to stop your energy because there's a pattern of low frequency so that you can be in high vibration and change your financial situation, which everyone is meant to be financially free. That is normal. And then weird things will happen in your life and, and change that for you and make it amazing. Okay. Best of luck to you. Hi, Marie. This is Julie. And I was wondering if you could answer a question about karma. What is it and how does it apply to us individually and how does it impact the whole? Thank you very much. Great question, by the way. I think karma is a very personal thing. It's, it's based on how we perceive things and then how we respond. So I don't believe, and you all can disagree with me on this, that if someone does something you know, heinously terrible, that there's instant negative karma for them. Souls are complicated. We don't always know the reason why people are doing what they do. I've always had this vision when I work with clients and I'm talking to them about karma of a courtyard or a courtroom, and there's a murderer on trial and there's going to be a screen that comes up you know, in the courtroom. And it's going to show this murderer's past lives where the person he killed killed him multiple times in previous lifetimes. So karma isn't what we think it is. It's not, it, it's not as quick. It's not as mean. It, it's not what people think. It's really about growing your consciousness because uh, someone who kills another human being, it, eye for an eye, which is more in, you know, Muslim and other types of religious text, that is not authentic. God is not like that. Creation is very loving and compassionate and understands and can see the entire huge picture. So if, if someone commits a heinous crime that I'm using as an example here, and they have an awareness of consciousness about compassion, then they have eradicated their karma. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for a shift in consciousness. So karma happens when we're not conscious, when we're not paying attention, when we're not aware. Um, collectively, a karma could be like when logging was really big in the United States and loggers who made a lot of money, the companies who logged made a tremendous amount of wealth, would go in and just strip huge areas of forests without thinking about the impact. And then we would have erosion and we would have mountains that would, you know, release rocks and dirt and, and we would have a lot of problems with rain and snow and that's kind of a, a karmic situation from a maybe a global perception. But then we had consciousness. Consciousness came in and we went, oh, we can't just strip forests. We actually have to go in there and be conscientious of what's going to happen to the soil and the water and the snow and the mountains, ultimately the water line and the human beings that are living in towns below that. We have to be conscious of that. So now we go in and we plant significantly. I'm sure there's a lot more science to it that, that I'm gauging. So collectively, when something happens karmically in the human realm, it's for us to have elevated consciousness. 
um, that's really what karma is. Okay, thank you. Hi, Marie. My name is Susanna. Um, and my question uh, pertains to medicine that I would like to stop taking, um, but don't have quite the courage to do, even though it feels like I want to, I should stop. Um, the story is I had, I was diagnosed with breast cancer two years ago, stage one, uh, had a lumpectomy and, um, and it was found also in one of my lymphs and I had radiation, surgery, uh, radiation, and then uh, hormone therapy. And I'm supposed to take this uh, estrogen lowering drug for five years. And uh, I've been taking it for two and I have developed uh, pretty strong arthritis in several joints. And also uh, it has killed off my libido permanently. Yeah. It seems like not permanently, but completely. And I would love to stop this medication. Um, and I would like to know what my spirit guides or you have to say about this. Thank you so much for being. You are such a bright presence. I love you. Thank you for everything. And thank you, Susanna. I love you too. And I love all of you. And I'm so glad we're all together to hang out and learn and grow. I don't know all the particulars of the, of the tumor that was removing it. I'm so glad it was an early stage. And I'm so glad modern medicine has made some significant changes when it comes to early diagnosis with breast cancer for men and women. And that is to not treat it with chemotherapy. It's unnecessary. Um, I, I don't know if you needed the radiation either, because uh, I don't know all the particulars of the tumor when it was discovered. Um, but just taking out particularly as a stage one tumor in the body could be sufficient in terms of not having reoccurrence. Here's the question I always ask patients to ask their oncologists about the medications that reduce estrogen. Um, like tamoxifen or something of that, that like that, that is recommended for five years. I ask the patient to ask the doctor, what is the percentage of healing that I'm going to receive or the percentage of moving into complete remission that I'm going to receive by taking this drug? Because if it's 1% and you're having a lot of side effects, this is why women have joint problems when their estrogen starts to drop. I think estrogen is a natural anti-inflammatory natural. Um, my naturopath does not agree with me, by the way, <laughs> just letting you know, and I love naturopathic doctors. I think they are, you know, really good ones are heaven sent and they're very aware and conscious about the human body. I recommend that people, um, not every state, unfortunately license them, but I recommend people try to find a naturopath that is very good at their job to help you mitigate even modern medicine because we need modern medicine like Susanna needed a lumpectomy that needed to happen now if the tumor was positive for estrogen then it may behoove you to finish taking the medication uh it, you know um but that's the question I, I think would be important for you to ask your doctor if if it were me and I'm a, a risk taker when it comes to health so you know just be aware of that um, I always have been a risk taker uh, and not everybody is, and not everyone should be. And so um, if the percentage was under 20%, I probably wouldn't take the tamoxifen or whatever the drug is, especially if the, t if the tumor wasn't attracted to estrogen. So those are the two things to think about. I'm so happy it was discovered. I'm so happy it was removed. 
I'm thrilled about that. Um, so those are the two things you kind of have to check out because even though it was an early stage of cancer, um, if it's receptive to hormones, it kind of makes sense to reduce it. Maybe you could talk to your doctor about reducing the amount of the medication that you're taking or take it three days a week instead of every day. Maybe sit with your intuition and talk to your physician and see if there's something that you can um, come to some sort of delicious compromise about. And remember, regardless of what your doctor says, you can still do whatever you want. I think that's critical. Americans don't understand that and neither do most modern physicians, <laughs> but it's the truth. You have free will and you can do whatever you want. Um, so that was a really great question. Thank you for sending that in. And as a caveat, I just want everyone to know there's actually new research that has been released about breast cancer. Um, for women who are older, like maybe in their 70s, that's what the research was about, that they aren't gonna treat most forms of breast cancer because they believe the treatment is more detrimental to the human if it's early, uh, cancer and certain types of cancer, they're going to treat it more like prostate where for some men, depending on their age, they don't treat for prostate cancer because they believe they will die of natural causes long before the cancer would kill them. So now that we're becoming less frightened by cancer, now modern medicine can actually do things that are more effective and healthy for us versus harsh treatments to chemotherapy, which I'm not someone who's completely against modern medicine. I've had clients where I've said, you really need chemo because what happens when someone gets a disease, any type of disease, the real reason why it's moved into their body is because energetically there's something emotionally repressed in their body. Breast tissue um, has a lot to do with grief for women. For men, it mostly has to do with repressed anger. Um, and that can sometimes lead to disease just because we have repressed energy in our body doesn't mean we're going to get a disease, by the way. Some people just don't get health issues. It's whatever's going to wake you up and have you begin to make changes. So thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. I'm so excited we're meeting together like this. I'm having a lot of fun. Joyful blessings.